Welcome back to Range Anxiety. Wasn't that a nice little intro? That's Polarizer by Jack Strauber's Micropop or whatever. It's pretty nasty, isn't it? But 30 years of automotive tuning and motor racing watching experience in 30 minutes. That's Range Anxiety. And today is one of those days when I have our good friend Big Paul Howes on back in the seat. Hey, Marty. Hello, world. Um... Um, hey, Dr. Halson. I'm mixing it up. <laughs> That's just a shout out to the daughter. Hey, bud. Uh, uh, hi, Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah, that intro, it's not the world's most exciting thing, but it's not too bad. But today we're, we're sitting here because this morning we spent some time looking at something that uh, brought back a few old memories. We're having a look at a Brock Commodore. For those of you that don't know Peter Brock, I mean, any Aussie knows this, has ever been teleseries about him, documentaries movies or whatever you want to call them, but he was probably our most famous uh, touring car saloon driver really in the history of the country. He's one of our heroes. He's an Aussie hero though, don't you think? You know like how there's sort of ones that stand out. We were a bit that way inclined. We got Ned Kelly. What, who was Steve he? Irwin. Steve Irwin. And Peter Brock. There's three straight off the top of my head. Well, actually, Peter Brock is no longer with us. And what was the correlation with him and Steve Irwin? They died only two days apart. Same year, same everything. Yeah, two Paul, heroes. Yeah. yeah. Paul told me that this morning, and I, I kind of didn't believe it. I would have said that Irwin went first and Brocky was much later, but you know, no, there you go. A couple of days in it. Unbelievable. A little month. Bindi's married or something now, isn't <laughs> she? She is now. Bindi. Yeah. Become American, I think, now. Is she an American? Oh, I don't know. Sort of. God damn, y'all. <laughs> Mum is, isn't she? Who? Or Canadian? Mum? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think she's from, I think I she's from Alabama. Could be. The old Alabama slammer. But, um, oh, good luck to you, Irwin family. But today's all about Peter Brock. Yep. Now, when was the first time you remember seeing Peter on the box? That That's easy, actually, because I've always been a motorsport fan myself. Mm. And I used to love watching Bathurst. Because it was the all-day event, Sunday, get up early. So those of you that don't know, it's the longest touring car race probably in oh, in Australia, and one I'm, of the longer ones in I'm the world. I'm biased. It's one of the best in the world, I reckon. It's a hundred. It's 161 laps of the Mount Panorama circuit. Uh, thousand kilometres. Thousand kilometres. 750 miles. miles. There you go. And well, normally right. most of the cars last. Yeah, most of them. It used to be cool shit like semi-production cars before it became... Um, uh, sort of this silhouette formula now that doesn't really work properly, in my opinion. But had so, a few formulas along the way, didn't it? Group it did. C, big yep. bangers, group yep. A, yep. well, yep. touring yep. cars. Yeah. And then local. Yeah, and then oh, local. Look at that, Marty. What is it? What are you looking HQ, at? HQ, big block, injected, turbocharged. And he's about Every to, home should have one. And he's about, it's about to come past us. It's about to shake the poor little Tesla <laughs> studio. Get away, you filthy petrol-burning thing. Well, anyway, I remember Brocky from when I was about... Oh, I didn't finish. Sorry. Oh. I was telling you, first time, 1978. Oh, hang on, listen, here comes Brocky now. Listen, listen you can that. probably hear that. That is freaking awesome. That is... <laughs> can we wind the window down? Yep. Just a little bit. That there is the sound of unreliability. <laughs> and with a, all with of a cool, hint of grunt. All of the cool airs. But 1978, out. Bathurst, yep. Brock yep. A9X Tirana. Yep. The year before, the two Fords won, one, two. Bond, yeah, well, Bond and Moffat. No, didn't they win in 77, one oh, two? Yeah, so this would have been 76. Se no, year after, 78. 78, 78. yeah. Okay. Or, 
Oh, geez, we're old, aren't we? It we're was the, one of them years, and he set the lap record on the last lap. Yes. Even leading by six laps. Who do you know that's done that? Oh, apart from me. Uh, um, <laughs> but no, never at Mount Panorama and never in anything that hairy. Oh, well, right. maybe something that was that It was a Snorax, was it? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so I remember I would have been, I was probably younger than you at the time. Oh, you much been, older than me. I would have been. I remember watching him drive at proper Tiranas, ones with six cylinders in them. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember that. See, you don't know much at all, do you, really? <laughs> you just go around wanking on telling everyone you do. Um, so, Brocky's no longer with us. He actually, how did he pass away? I forget. It was He, he crashed during the Targa Rally in West Australia. Was it West yeah. Australia? or Targa what? West. Targa West, that's the one. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't know the whole details on it, but yeah, he just out of control into a tree and pretty much... Yeah, that was was all she wrote, which was pretty sad. It's a pretty sad day around the country, I remember. At the time, getting a ton of SMS messages, Peter Brock's dead, wah, wah, wah. And since then, they've gone on and, and, you know, made some TV shows about him and about his racing career, but about his personal life, which, look, was really no one one else's bloody business anyway, what went on with him and Ben As soon as you're in the public eye, everyone makes it their business. I know, it's sad, isn't it? I know how he feels. Um, But... (laughs) Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk more about his, his racing today. Now, the car we have here that got us on to the Peter Brock topic for today, tell me, what is it, Paul? It's a VE HDT. Yep. The, um, it's like a, a throwback. It's like a replica of the VL yes. HDT, which is possibly his last one. Yeah. The VL era, VL director and all that is when he divorced from Holden's, if you like. And why did, why did he divorce from Holden? There was a special little thing that went on under the bonnet of one of those cars where he had a little plastic box full of crystals, I believe. What was it called? Oh, the Polarizer. Polarizer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, that did a real tricky thing. It aligned all the molecules in that the engine. And all of a sudden... In it, the vehicle? In the whole vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you got positive vibes or something from it. See, I know a shitload, like most things, Paul, I know a shitload more about this than you, you oh, know. Oh, I beg to differ, but can Well, um, for example, the rear window sticker that was on the cars... Had to be had a wire through the lightning strike and that was the aerial for the polarizer one more you had to lower the tire pressures down to 22 yes. psi now, i know someone that did this right? right back in the day i'm old enough i had a friend that had a vk brock commodore came out of the birdie street hdt factory nice well-known guy um i'm not going to mention his name because he's probably cringe in embarrassment now <laughs> But he, he picked up his car. He was driving it around Adelaide for a few months. It was a blue meanie, proper yep. deal. Yeah, they were cool. Actually shipped it back to Birdie Street to have the polarizer fitted. Oh, as you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How um, much was that? I'm not sure, but it wasn't cheap. <laughs> he didn't tell me. I mean, wow, you paid uh, that much for a, like a Home Depot box for some yeah. wires coming out of it? Nice. Um, but he took the car to the track when it got back, uh, a local track, Malala Motorsport Park, lowered the tyre pressures, they would take them, they would, the polarizer would allow you to take the tyre pressures down from, you know, like a hot, thir- like a, sorry, like a cold 30 PSI to more like an 18 to 20 PSI, and he went faster. He did. He did went you? fast, he went faster. Now, you know why he went faster, don't you? They so, took some stuff out of the car while it was in the shop. No, every time you drop your tyre pressures at the track, the heat just brings them back up into yeah, their normal running range again. Yep. Yep. But he went faster, and he put it down to the polarizer. I think he's still got that car to this day. Yeah. If you're listening, Craig. Oh, sorry, oh, I shouldn't have said me. that. But no, um, wonderful guy, great car. But he believed. Now there were people that didn't believe, and I remember an interview. I reckon it was an ABC interview where Brocky was on TV, 
and they asked him to explain how it worked, the polarizer worked, and to show them physical data from it. Yep. And his answer, do you remember what his answer was? No, I don't. The equipment needed to measure the effectiveness of this device has not been invented yet. Of course. That does sound like a total load of bullshit, <laughs> doesn't it? And if it never gets invented, it can never be measured. Well, it, it probably might now. Um, well, you know, we got guys, I reckon, I reckon, say, my mate Elon Musk could probably measure it somehow, tie yeah, it to a too. Falcon 9 rocket and shoot it into space or, or something. Who needs to fit one of the Falcon 9? Well, exactly right. Imagine all the money they could save with the aligned molecules. Exactly. No more problems with re-entry. Can you get him on the phone? Um, yeah. <laughs> Tesla Elon, no. Uh, the Tesla would ring him. Well, the t call Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... It was the Brocky thing was 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 part of um, my growing up. You know, we used to sit there and watch the touring car series and watch a motor racing. And my, my dad was a bit into it. He he wasn't so much of a Holden fan himself, but he did. I know he did like the way Brocky drove. I mean, yeah. But he would always say Brock did have the best equipment. Yeah, and, possibly. Possibly. He was the golden child for a long time. Well, remember they did that round Australia rally. Yep. And he won it in some like dirty old VB. VB Commodore. Yeah. They were sixes too, weren't they? They, they were sixes. Yeah. And he, he, I forget who his co-driver, I think, I don't but know. But the red Hubs. motor was bulletproof, wasn't it? Yeah, but he also had like helicopters following them around. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. trucks changing yeah. the engine at every service interval. Where other guys are out there with a tin of like Red X and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and across yep. fingers. But look, he did win it. And I think Ed Ordinsky went on and won it much later again in a VS. Yeah, possibly. Hi, Ed. He's a great um, rally driver. Yeah, not too bad at all. But Bro Brocky's gone on to win, like, it was nine Bathursts. Yeah. I, I think. I um, don't think yeah. anyone's done that. No one's... Eh, the era's mm, changed. Winch Cup must be getting close. Maybe not. Nah, no, no, I don't think so. I, I reckon that era's gone. I don't think anyone will get there anymore. What about Paul Morris? He won <laughs> one again. Oh, I just saw that the other day. 2014, he won wow. with Chaz, didn't he? Anyway... Yeah. We're breaking a story here. Now, the, the, the public divorce, it, it, I found it really sad at the time because I yep. like the products at Birdie Street and, and HGT was kicking out. You might know, I don't understand, mm. the VL director that he released, yeah. yep. it never had the word Holden on it and no. stuff like that. It, so there must have been some building up what, animosity before. Yeah, what, what actually happened as far as I know it, and I know there are people listening to this epicast that will probably know more about it than me, doubtful, <laughs> but he came up with um, this VL director thing uh, and was putting his own independent rear end into it, yeah. I believe. And it was going to have a polarizer. And GM said to him at the time, do not, I think it was a Melbourne motor show. It was one of the big motor shows he was going to debut it at. And they said to him, whatever you do, don't do this. Don't do this. Do not debut this car. So, you know, he was probably under the influence of what was his uh, Swami's name? Dr. Dauka. Eric Dauka. Eric Dauka. Yep. He was the crystal healer dude. And yep. so Brocky just gave him the middle digit and put it on display, didn't he? Anyway, he certainly did. And, and it was a mm. pretty unique looking car. I mean... It was a great looking yeah, car. Yeah. Often copied. Probably one of the best Holden slash HDT offerings even still today. Yeah. Um, the body kit looked very much like the first HSV, the Wilkinshaw one. It did, it did didn't it? it? Yeah. The flying picnic table, yeah. as we all affectionate. <laughs> Especially when it drove clean out of the showroom on Port Road. Remember they stole one and drove it through they the plate? Number one yeah. Port Road. I reckon that was Metro Holden back then. Yep. Julian's? No, no, no. He was city. Uh, it's oh, now, that's right. now full of Havels and Jeeps, I think. But that's okay. Um, but yes, he was. He did have some good... Uh, 
body guys, and I think was Peter Arcadapain one of them? I'm not sure, but there were there were some good body guys around. Barry around. Perkins worked there for a while, didn't he? Yeah, Wasn't he his whole, like engine yeah, engine yeah he didn't like the polarizer thing. No, I don't, think. I don't think he was a fan at all. Larry's old school because they used to actually put them, um, and again, the other people will know better than me, but I reckon they used to put them in the valley or under the plenum. In the plenum, I in the plenum, yeah. Um, Probably because of the cold air in there. With the four barrel, you know, sitting on top. And it probably worked like hitting the magic box of crystals probably worked as a diverter, atomizer, you know, like a, like a, later on we've got a mini FI cars called tumble valves. An ionizer. An ionizer, exactly right. <laughs> oh, there's something coming there. through here. Yeah, no, what it is. No, what it is, is that someone is hooked up to this car that's not me. And they're actually, actually, can you? I'm going to you disconnect. It? There you go. Oh. Do you like that? Right in the feelings. Right. <laughs> but we're still recording, so that's yeah. all that matters. So it was a public divorce and it was a messy divorce and GM really washed their hands. Yeah, yeah. And then we had a few years of like real limbo, like he drove... BMW, he drove a Ford Sierra. Yeah, I think he even released like some sort of Falcon, a mobile Brock Falcon or something. What about the Brock Lada Neva? See, you're getting all of the good shit. (laughs) But one thing that spectacularly happened to Peter, I think his his mind obviously wasn't in a good place at that point in time. Um, is that he became spectacularly unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah, he really did. Um, he, he wasn't much of a hit on the racetrack because he didn't have much development in or behind these cars. Uh, you know, he had to go to a new platform and adopt it, and you had guys like Seaton, Johnson, other guys that had done... Way in front. Years in front. and years yeah. more development. So you couldn't expect him to be super successful. But then, and here's where it starts to get hazy for me because this is when I was starting to lose interest in the whole thing, the general embraced him again. Yeah, yeah, I can't exactly remember the story of how or why he came back. I think Mark Scaife's nose was too big for TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Before they had custom helmets made. Yeah. <laughs> Open face. But it must have been around VX era. But what was... He drove a VP or something as well for a while there, did he? he? Yeah. A mobile one. Oh, see, yeah. this is how bad my memory is. But he... Oh. As an old man, he didn't do too bad. No, he was like your, your journeyman. You yeah, know, he you was. Had your, and you kind of needed him in a team. So you had your young upstart. Yeah. You know, like there was been a few over the years, Lowndes and, and the like, you know. And then and then your old journeyman, Peter Brock. He was consistent, always laid down good times. Good yeah. to have in the car at Bathurst. He, very much so. But I think also the game had moved on past him then because that yeah. was when, you know, he... Uh, he just, you know, he had his, his swami, but all these guys had their own physiotherapists, their own dietitians. They worked yeah. out in the gym where Peter Brock was a lad, that, you know, would have a beer after a race. Yeah. And very much in a polite, polite version of James Hunt, but just, I think, as talented in, in you know, sort of every way. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to get on to something really good about Brocky there. Yeah, I, I do know someone that raced against him in world sports cars. Back then, this was back during uh, running at Sandown. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I forget what he was running. It was some, I think it was a Porsche-based thing. You know, a proper Group C car. And Dr. this is when Dr. Dowker was, was well in control of his life and Bev. And after about three hours into the race, the thing was sick, had a sick motor. And it come into the pits, 
and uh, Brocky stuck like his head out the window. Yeah, sounded like a, an LS1 after turn two at Malwa. <laughs> and Brocky stuck his head out the window, and brr, they couldn't hear what he was saying. But everyone's going, retire it. It's stuffed. Motor's stuffed. Anyway, Dowker came up. They shut it off. They put a sheet around the engine, lifted the engine cover off it. Dowker sprinkled some magic dust on it. Yeah, this is true oh, story. Oh, yeah, yeah, story. yeah. Brocky stayed in the car. They sprinkled yeah. some magic dust on it. Dowker told him to fire it back up, take it out and hit the track again. And he did. He fired it up. He took it back out and he hit the track and he lasted till the next corner. And <laughs> the thing exploded. Oh, no. Yeah, so there was all sorts of... Um, yeah. and, and this is... I know this happened because the guy who was built a sports car, he wasn't actually driving it, but he built a sports car before that event, was standing there watching this going, unbelievable. Yeah. But the legacy has carried on. I know other people in V8 supercars, and again, I'm not going to mention names, that have tried to use polarizers in, well, up until 10 years ago. They yeah. came up with their own magic crystals and aligners, and they used to test them on their transporters. You're a cutting-edge sort of fellow. You like state-of-the-art and you. Yeah. Have you tried a polarizer or anything, Martin? Ooh, I'm a George Former grill. <laughs> <laughs> so you've Mate. never been tempted to go and find a polarizer? Well, even well, we've got a polarizer here. In is the, there one on that car? The VE has, has a polarizer and the lightning well. strike decal. It has a genuine polarizer. Have you tried it. testing with and without the polarizer? Well, I can tell you this. With that Harrop supercharger on it, it for an L77, it makes like 480 kilowatts at the wheels. It is quite unbelievable. And I thought maybe this thing's because it's got like a little like maybe it'll fix more. It's got like a little ski boat cam in it. And, you know, it's yeah. rubbish like that. But it just it makes grunt like everything works perfectly. Maybe it's because the molecules are aligned. You could be right. Could John, be John, to date you, I can show you later. I've got one. I it's can under drive the, that if you remember. Yeah. Oh, is that why you're so aligned at the moment? <laughs> yeah, it goes well. I liked it. It was a good good trip. It, it, you, you've met Brock, haven't you? Yes. It, yeah, I met Brock several times. And in fact, one of the last things I did, I interviewed him in 2005. Wow. Um, just before, probably before? six months, maybe eight months before this happened. Yeah. It was Beta Birdwood Classic. One of the biggest classic events in the world and he drove from Glenelg down here up to the National Motor Museum and they got him down to drive an LJ XU1. Nice. Now my job, because I was um, writing for Unique Cars magazine at the time, was I had an alli- I had a, a molecular a molecularly <laughs> aligned time to go and see him and he was yep. doing autographs and I sat down and said, Hey, it's Martin from Unique Cars magazine. And he knew I was coming to ask him about the Tirana. And I said, what we wanted to do is give the readers a feel for what it was to drive an old Tirana. And I said, Peter, very nice to meet you. Name's Martin Donner. And he goes, oh, nice to meet you. He shook my hand. This was pre-COVID. You could shake hands. And I said, what's it like to drive? And he, and he was very considered. He didn't just go, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a good car. He looked at me and he sort of looked me up and down. And he goes, it was just a beautiful thing to drive. And so I got him. I jumped yeah, straight in yeah. on him. I said, what about those offset pedals? Oh, and yeah, he yeah, goes, yeah. because they're all to the left, I think, he goes, you just look for the first minute, it's a bit tough, but after that, it just it just all comes together and it's beautiful. Nice. And it, it, was pro- it, was, it was a great day. Were you a fan, you a fanboy? Like, was no, you... I wasn't a fanboy of him, but I was respectful of his yeah, achievements. Yeah. I wanted to get into the polarizer thing with me, yeah. but they told me. They oh. told me at the magazine that if I dare bring it up, they'll cut me off and never yep. give me another story. Well, as it turned out, next article I wrote was about the very first generation 300C, and I said it had a dash arrangement, and it looked like a bunch of uh, primary school kids with a letter set kid had done it, <laughs> and so they cut me off forever anyway, <laughs> and called me slapdash Donnan. Oh, no. Oh, dear, that's a shame. You should have asked about the polarizer. I should have, and, and, and look where print media is now. 
Yes. Toodaloo, yeah. motherfuckers. Um, yes. Yeah, so, no, tell me when you met Peter Pop. I, the first, or first, I met him a couple of times because he was at Holden's on a few occasions. Yes. When I worked in the plant, obviously. Yes. But while I was working there, if you, when you progressed and did all the training, you got what was called your VIC certificate, your Vehicle Industry Certificate. Yes. Now, the... They were normally handed out at a like a bit of a ceremony, and most people got them handed to them by a local member of parliament, yeah, like some dud. <laughs> <laughs> just anyone walking past the, on the street sometimes yeah. was was handing them out. But it just so happened that the day I went to go and get mine, Peter Brock was there handing them out. Now it, it turned out to be quite an expensive day for me because the wife came down as well. Oh, she came down because she knew this was on, and I was going to knock off afterwards. She's come down and. Saw Peter Brock there, and she was a bit of a fan, it turns out. Mm. Yeah, so she went to the gift store and bought everything they had in the Holden gift shop and got him to sign it. <laughs> so I'm sitting on a little gold mine there what, what with Peter Brock signatures. What did they have in the Holden gift shop at Elizabeth? Like VL hubcaps? And... <laughs> <laughs> no, we with the Lion King book. The Lion King. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Commodore books and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I got yeah. all signed by Peter Brock. Yeah, well, so they'll be on eBay soon. Yeah, <laughs> especially after this heavy cars. The guy's stocks have just gone up That's a bit. That's it. And my VIC certificate actually has, follow your dreams, Peter Brock. So, yeah, I left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, so did he. But, yeah. you know. um, but yeah, oh, that that's amazing to hear, Paul. Yeah. Um, and I like it. I always thought he was a good dude. You know, like, he was a people's person. You know, like, when you sort of follow the racing, there's sort of, some drivers you can like and some you just can't really take to. And he was one of those good ones, I reckon. Yeah, look, um, he was... Anyone, like you say, that's been in the public eye and they've been, had television programs made about them, they're always going to hang shit on them. Oh, you know, I don't care that he if had... If they like made a, one on you, Marty, it'd be... That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I certainly wouldn't end up with a 19-year-old English backpacker for a girlfriend <laughs> like Peter did. But, no. You know, overall, I think... From what we know, and again, we never lived with him or anything. No. He was good for the sport. He was good for Australia. And, yep. and he had a good core. And he came up with this wonderful polarizer that may or may not work. And like I said, I'm gonna, uh, once we finish this in a minute or so, I'm going to take you out and show you that polarizer. How do you suggest we should go about testing it? Um, hot laps, possibly? Uh, well, it's 105 <laughs> F here today. So That's that'll what I be, said, hot laps. That'll be very... <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe not. Maybe not. What about we fit one to one of the Teslas and see if the battery lasts longer? Thinking, thinking, thinking oh, up like there. That. No, I was just itching my head. Yeah, actually. yeah I was wondering yeah. why I thought you pointed the PowerTech logo. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a good idea. I actually think this would be the prime candidate for a polarizer fitment. Yeah, Tesla polarizer, just new ages coming together. Yeah, I think Elon's a bit like Brocky, you know, like possibly. Yeah, well, he got probably smoked a joint next day too. <laughs> More than likely. All the whole Yeah. Here come uh, direct the legal <laughs> mail to Paul Howes yeah. on that. Uh, I just stuffed up really badly. Um, look, everyone, I hope I hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about Peter Brock today because we all grew up knowing him and well knowing about him or of him, and some of us were lucky enough to have met him. And when Paul pointed out to me this morning that it is now, what, 15 For, years coming 2006, up? 2006, wasn't it? Yeah, so 14, 15 years. Yeah. 15 years coming yeah. up since the great man passed. To me, it seems only like yesterday I was getting those SMSs. Yeah. And it was a very sad day. Did we have a state funeral or something for him? I think there would have been a week of mourning. I don't, I don't know. There would have been something. Especially in Melbourne. Wasn't he Victorian? 
Yeah, you, yeah, forget, you, can't you forget so you much. You can't help that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucky it was pre-COVID. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> might not have made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may not have made it through the other yeah. side. I think he was well, country Victorian. But yep. no, yeah. Good man. Good man. Good um, times. Good times. And look, Paul, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure, Marty. Yeah, as always. And to everyone out there, remember, feedback is important. DTEC at sc.net.com.au, spelled D-T-E-C-H at senet.com.au. See, you can train an old dog <laughs> new tricks. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Range Anxiety.